What is up, Growth Solvers? Welcome back to the Good Grow Great Podcast. I'm Talia Toha. How are you doing? I'm so excited that you're tuning in because what that tells me is that even though your life is super busy, even though you are maybe running around at home, at work, doing a bunch of things that you know you want to do, chasing after those dreams, you are making the time to grow for yourself because this is important. I think self-growth is really impactful growth. There's no better investment than investing in yourself. And that means reading books. That means exercising. That means eating healthy. But more importantly, that means learning from other people's experiences, successes, and definitely failures as well, which is what this podcast is all about. For those of you guys who are business owners, entrepreneurs, working parent, busy professionals, just trying to figure everything out, all of these things. Welcome, welcome to the Good Girl Great podcast. And congratulations, because we are now mid-year. We have actually passed mid-year. We are now August 2020, which means that you have... You have weathered COVID, you have weathered pandemic, you have really gone above and beyond, and you've really seen some of the worst and some of the best of the year. And who would have known if somebody had told me back in January or December that 2020 is going to look the way that it is, I would have never believed them. And I would have just been like, you're kidding. This is not going, this is not real. But hey, it's real. And even though these are unexpected things, It just really reminds us how unexpected things really are things that we can expect. So how can we expect the unexpected? It is, again, by investing your time, your energy, and your learning in learning from multiple people, which is why today I wanted to bring the last of the introvert special. And if you've been tuning in, you know that I've been doing a bunch of series on introverts. And that is why I wanted to share with you not one not two, but five ordinary women who are doing extraordinary work in their own field, in their own way. These are consultants, coaches, experts. I think a lot of people think that success precedes happiness. If you're successful, you'll be happy. If you're rich, you'll be happy. If you have a big house, you'll be happy. If you're married, you're, you know, all of these things. It seems like happiness, people assume that there are pre-qualifications to happiness, But this quote was amazing because it says that success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. And maybe you're not happy 100% of the time every single day, but who is, right? And when can that ever be? I think a lot of people mistake happiness with this constant, essentially constant state of high, which is kind of odd to me because, I mean, it's almost like saying I have to be full all the time. I have to be all the time but it's it's not true like you, the fact that you're a little bit hungry makes eating makes you know savoring that delicious meal all the better and the same thing i think goes with happiness in that yeah of course we want happiness but it's not meant to be there all the time there will be times when the difficulties, the the challenges are meant to create and build up that happiness, right? And I think that's the reason why you can feel happiness because there were moments when you don't feel happy. And that's why I think it's so important for business owners not to chase happiness per se, but to really find ways 
Notice I didn't say already love the ways, but find ways to love what you're doing. And I think we're doing ourselves a huge disservice when people say, hey, yeah, you got to love, you know, what you do and then you'll be happy. or, Or find something that you love. I always find that those sayings are a little bit confusing because I'm like, well, I mean, I don't love, you know, most things, <laughs> you know, there are few things, there are very few things that most of us really, really love. And I think a lot of people don't really focus on, hey, yeah, love is something that we need to cultivate. And it doesn't mean that you like the process all the time, right? But love is something that you cultivate while you like and dislike that process. And then in that process, you are happy because you are creating meaning, you are being fulfilled, and you are doing what you're meant to do. So without further ado, do not forget to follow and subscribe because we have so many good stuff coming up and in development. And I cannot wait to share it with you in the next few weeks and definitely in the next few months. Don't forget to hit follow and subscribe. Without further ado, Grow Solvers, let's get growing. Okay, so first we have Jennifer Tamborski, virtualmarketingexpert.com, and she will be talking about how she had used virtual coffee as a way to grow her business and as a way to connect with other people, particularly during this time. So you'll learn lots of good things from Jennifer. And then secondly, now we have Elsa Johnson. Elsa is the owner and founder of Elsa Johnson Coaching and Consulting, LLC, and she will be talking about all things, how to create a way to thrive as a an entrepreneur who is also an introvert and what de- defense mechanism has anything to do with it. So you'll learn tons from Elsa Johnson. Mongsai is another that we are gracing in our presence today and she will be actually talking about one of the benefits that she learned from attending weddings and what she learned she had to do and what she learned she shouldn't be doing as an introvert. She is the founder of Mongsai.com. Megan Brayman of EmergeLiveDesign.com will share with us how she had moved from a tech job to coaching and what that looks for her. And so particularly if you are learning to transition, if you are learning to figure out, okay, what should I do right now? Tune in to Megan. Rebecca Shaw of RebeccaTaylorShaw.com will be sharing about how her work as a behavioral coach really helped people transform and some of the things that she learned from her own experiences that I'm sure you can learn from as well. I am Jennifer Timborski. I am the CEO and Chief Strategist at Virtual Marketing Experts. So anybody that wants to reach out to me can do that through our website at virtualmarketingexpert.com. And I actually got into working from home um, more because my kids, when they were young, needed me to be home. Right. Right. I was, I worked in corporate for a while before I had kids, came home, had the kids and I wanted to to stay at home. And what I found was that it was very conducive for me. I was, I was able to grow my business from home without the, um, I think pressure that you often find when you're working in corporate, you're interacting with a lot of people. 
Um, so yeah, I was able to, to grow this business. I'm actually, um, you know, in the multiple six figures, um, all working from home and using my skills and my introvertedness to the best of its advantages. Amazing. And I love that, you know, you pointed out how it's interesting that certain environments fit certain people, right? And, and I think it, it really does depend on a case by case scenario, because surely some introverts definitely do thrive in even the corporate environment, but maybe in certain roles, right? Or maybe with certain organizations and not so much with others. And then there's, of course, people who are really, really thrive uh, with working from home, right? And uh, whether they're introverted or even extroverted. And so I'm kind of curious to hear, and I love uh, to hear from you, but I love that you, your kids kind of prompted you to do what it is that you do best here in uh, at home, but for people who are, you know, introverts who are thinking about making kind of uh, working from home as something that's a constant in their lives, and yet they're still a little bit doubtful whether it's going to work, right? And whether it's something that they're going to really like. Can you share a little bit about how that experiences is uh, experiences are for you as far as it actually is really great for Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I mean, my kids are older now, so I've been doing this now for 14 years or so. So I've been um, working from home for quite a while. So they're older now, so it's easier. When they were younger, um, you know, realizing that there are structures and there's times when the kids get you and then when you need to work, those kind of things, um, learning to really harmonize the two. And also, One of the best things I found with working from home, being an introvert and working from home, is that I can still make real connections with people. Just like this conversation we're having via Zoom, I can do this individually. I can build a business and grow a business and network without having to go into those big networking events that, for me, are not my cup of tea. (laughs) Right. I would rather not be in a room of a hundred people and trying to talk to them. Um, So I, I developed some ways to network online so that I can start creating relationships and growing my business and, and really um, being able to work in a way that suits me and suits my family um, and continuing to grow in that as well. And what are some of those ways, Jennifer? I know everybody on your Facebook page, on your LinkedIn page, on you have thousands of connections. And I would bet you don't know 90% of them. I would bet that you have not had a conversation with 90% of them. So what I do is I take all of those connections and I just send them a simple email that says, hey, you want to hop on a virtual coffee? And that's what we do. So my name is Elsa Johnson. I, I was always on the shy side and I was not the first one to talk often in a group. And when people became a little too boisterous or a little too aggressive in their way, I used to back away. I used to sort of make myself small in the conversation. And when I started my coaching journey, I started realizing that by that you just sort of amplifying the effect of that. Because then you go back and you ruminate and say, I should have, could have, would have, what, what should I have said? And you make it bigger than it actually was. 
And when I started learning those coping mechanisms and, and started meditating on a regular basis, I realized the, the potential, not, not just the potential, but the amazing power of centering yourself in the moment and being fully present and not think about your, your, your feelings in that moment of nervousness and anxiousness, but breathe through that and really lean into and saying, what are you really saying? Because the person is not, it's not the yelling or the argumentative voice or just being there, but it's also just, they're trying to tell you something between the lines. And if you are in that moment being fully present and not worry about their presentation, maybe there's a, you know, and you can crack it, the door open a little bit for a better, more fruitful conversation. Being the introvert is a strength because you are used to looking inside for the answers. You are used to thinking things through for yourself. The challenge becomes thinking beyond yourself. And when you start that, when you start that process of saying, who am I in this very moment? How can my impact be greater with what's beyond me? And what do I want that impact to be? And the way you start doing that is saying, what do I want people to feel and know and have when I interact with them? What do I want them to, you know, if, if you have a physical business and you, you need to talk to me, you need to reach out to people, right? You had created this physical product for a specific purpose in mind or a specific feeling in mind or specific, um, you know, and I know a lot of people who does a lot of um, like vegan products in, in cosmetics and things like that. You have done that for a reason. Don't be afraid to share that reason because it, that takes away the emphasis from yourself on, on, on you as a person. It takes it towards, I did this because like one, one client I worked with, it was because she had autoimmune disease. She knew that putting certain products on her skin because, you know, your skin is the biggest organ in the body and it absorbs all these chemicals that traditionally are in skincare products. So she had to come up with something that she could use, right? But she herself was not one that was out there with, you know, the poster child. But for her, it was important that she had, she was sitting on this knowledge and had created this product line that could help other people. So her thoughts of this is, this is my thing. You know, this is what I'm passionate about. And I want to, you know, project that out to the world, that passion of this could be for you too. And then you take it away from it being about you, but it's about the impact that what it is that you are trying to do. My name, uh, by way of introduction, is Mong Tsai. I am a transformational coach. It's really important to uh, express your opinions fully, you know, and I think sometimes as an introvert, we, we just kind of take in, right? Oh, you need me to do this, you're right, and you just kind of 
react to the world versus being able to respond and say, no, I can't do that, or no, I don't want to interact, or no, I need alone time. So the first thing I think is just really articulating, you know, to your family, to your loved ones at this, especially as we're all on top of each other these days, right? Um, what, um, what time of the day or what parts of the day where you're going to uh, you know, be by yourself, that you don't need to be, you know, you, you're not going to be interrupted, you're going to be reading, you're just really going to be focusing on yourself and um, setting those boundaries, right? Whether it's morning ritual before everyone gets up, whether it's during lunch or evening or the door, the door is closed, that means do not come in and do not interrupt, right? Having a sign that says come in and come out, you know, just getting creative because, um, you know, there's, there, the, our space was not meant to for everyone to be in the house and working together, right? I mean, that, that's the reality of it. And even within those confines, so we have to carve out what what are realistic boundaries of of of, of our personal time. So I think that's number one in being able to kind of just feel comfortable to express that with our family. I think the second thing is also just realizing what are some of the self care um, self care practices that are really important to us. There are really things that are helpful to us and it's different for everyone, right? So for, you know, um, you know, someone like me, it might be reading, you know, like reading a, reading a chapter before I go to bed or reading a chapter when I wake up, that's inspiring. It might be reading, it might be journaling, it might be meditating, it might be, you know, doing stretches of yoga. Know what it is those two to three things are, a gratitude journal, right? What are those things that when you do those, do them, they help you in, in having that reflection time and being able to recharge yourself. And the way that you know is by when you do those things, you feel better, right? You feel more energized, you feel more charged, your mind is clearer. So it's different for every person. So you need to ask yourself, what are the things I do when I do them? I feel better, right? And being able to consistently, even more so now during these times, Doing those on a consistent basis each day, um, and incorporating into into our into our daily life. And then the third thing I would say, Talia, also this whole notion about saying no. I think um, uh, as uh, as women and even as mothers, um, you know, that's a very hard thing to say, right? Because it's it's we we never want our kids. We never want to say no to our kids, right? So I say yes to everybody. But the reality is, there's only so much time, you know, in a day, and there's only so many things that we can do without overextending ourselves. So learning how to say no, and really learning how to say no, it is determined by what is your criteria for something that you choose to do, right? What's the, what, 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 what's the, what are the values or what's the criteria by which I decide, you know, I'm going to invest in doing this. So, you know, a great example I tell a lot of my clients sometimes is, um, you know, um, you get to a certain part of your life sometimes where you get a lot of, I don't know if this, you've ever experienced this, Talia, where you suddenly start to get a lot of um, wedding invitations, <laughs> where, right? Or baby showers yeah. or birthdays. And it, it seems like, right, every week, every month, it's something, right? Someone else is some, something. And it gets to a point where you, uh, or if you have kids also, the same thing, birthdays, it could be like every weekend, it's the whole class's birthday, right? You have 40 kids, right? You can't be going to birthday every single weekend. So your criteria has to be something that, is, that helps you to filter out, right? Because otherwise, you're, you're just living out someone else's life, right? Um, and, and like the example of a wedding even, you know, there was a point in my life where I think it was like almost like 
two weddings a week or something really crazy. And I'm like, this is, this is insane. I don't even know who this person is. It's a distant person, relative of this person, right? And, um, and sometimes people invite you because they feel obligated, whatever it might be, right? And so my criteria as an example of a wedding invitation is, who is this person? How do I know them? How close am I now? right? How, how close am I to them? And is this person worth my, my six hours of investment, if not more, of going to this wedding, right? And if it's just an acquaintance, like I really, like maybe I just started working with you at work like a month ago, and I really don't know you all that well, you know, um, I can graciously decline and still write out a wedding card and write out, you know, put a little wedding gift as a card, as a, you know, sorry, I'm not able to make it, but still have all wishes to you, right? And so I think, you know, that's the shift in introverts and being able to look at things differently instead of saying, oh, wow, I got to do this, I got to do this, and how do I fit all of these priorities? What's my criteria? And how do I make sure that the things that really fall on my calendar are the things that are meaningful, the things that are really going to make a difference in my life or the people uh, that, um, you know, that I'm interacting with and you feel good about it, right? It's going to advance um, your life in some way as opposed to just checking off that to-do list, right, of things that are just never ending. Megan Brayman of EmergeLifeDesign.com will share with us how she had moved from a tech job to coaching and what that looks for her. I think the big thing for me was I realized that the tech world didn't align with my values, at least what my role was in the tech world. I did an exercise right when, with my coach, right when I got into coaching, you know, initially 10 years ago or 12 years ago. Um, about values and I came up with five values. They were create, connect, beauty, spark, and I always forget one, growth. <laughs> that would be important. And I, just, I realized when I was working in tech that I was living two different lives. I had you know, what I was doing every day, but then on the side I was listening to podcasts and going to retreats and just very into self-development and always talking to people about that and just yeah, just looking at my values, they just obviously didn't align working from remotely, working with a bunch of engineers that I couldn't relate to, not feeling creative, not feeling like my career was going anywhere. So it was really that. And then just when I looked at life coaching, I was like, no wonder this, you know, just, it just completely, completely aligned. And it was just cool to look back and realize that I had figured those out, you know, 12 years ago and they're still completely resonate the word grace comes to mind, just really being okay with wherever you are. I notice that every week is different. Every day is different. My moods are definitely heightened and I've noticed all my clients' moods just from, you know, everything is great and there's so much freedom and opportunity right now to like, when is this going to end and feeling claustrophobic, you know, so just being, always being you know, kind to myself, but especially during this time, just really like upping the kindness. And um, so that has helped a lot. I think I've always had trouble with structure and routine, but I'm noticing that that just really, yeah, provides some like stability. And it's, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like getting back to the basics, movement every day, you know, um, journaling, just checking in with myself, that kind of stuff. Um, and finding that balance between like consuming and creating, I tend to, I love listening to podcasts and all that kind of stuff. But if I'm 
doing that, it's like, I'm not, I don't have space for myself to think. So it's like actually purposely having like nothing time, like taking time away so that I can actually let my ideas like come to life. Um, I've noticed that's huge. The simplest habit I have is just making a list for what I'm grateful for. It's just like the most, um, Yeah, just like if I'm having any resistance, just like starting with that, just like sitting down and just doing that helps a lot. Um, I also into like Oracle cards and like those kind of things. So just picking one of those is is a fun ritual that I find. So like choosing a card and then kind of um, journaling around like what that card brings up and if it resonates. And of course, it's always like the exact same, you know, thing that I need to hear that day. Like coincidentally. Wait, what is, Um, what is Oracle cards? Are those just like prompts that you kind of pull out with certain words? They're like, like similar to like tarot cards. Yeah. So you have like a deck of cards and they're just, yeah, really beautiful. And you can just choose a card and then it's like, oh, exactly. You know, it's um, like you are the light and then you're like, just figure out how it relates to your life. So I think those prompts have helped me for sure. Gotcha. Um, also, I'm big on just like 10 and 15 minute increments. So just committing to 10 minutes and sitting down with my journal. And if after 10 minutes, I'm done. I completed the task, you know, and I can feel good about that if I want to keep going. Awesome. But I've just knowing for myself, like committing to myself that I've done that has felt really good. Let's see. So you can find me on Instagram. I think that's probably where I spend most of my time as far as like social media. And my Instagram handle is Emerge Life Design. I think the easiest way to connect with me is actually through a website called connectwithmegan.com. My name's Rebecca Taylor Shaw. And you can find me at RebeccaTaylorShaw.com. The biggest problem I have as an introvert in my business is feeling challenged when I'm running a Facebook group. And again, I'm interacting with people in the virtual world via texting and writing, and I can't see their face or read their reactions. And, you know, introverts, we're very, we're, we're highly sensitive. We tune into people. We can just, in the face-to-face world, we're just so much better with that. So my, that's my biggest challenge. How I deal with it is just, again, just really trying to um, acknowledge everyone as much as I can and um, make people feel seen and heard um, by responding in what I feel like is a heart centered way. Um, One, this one psychologist says that um, an introvert is someone who re-energizes by being alone and an extrovert is someone who ran re-energizes by being around people, right? Yeah. So it's funny because um, how when I read like about the I was I was pulling up this article that I thought was interesting about the the major kind of um, types of introverts, and it says social introversion, anxious introversion, and thinking introversion. There's one other restraint, but. When I think of social introversion, I think those are just highly sensitive people. They're, they're what I call empaths, mm. highly empathetic people. So they're very sensitive to the energy and emotions of other people, which I am. But on the flip side of that, that makes us good with people. We, we're good with animals. We're good with kids. We're good in you know love relationships. Maybe too much. We're too empathetic. Yeah. You know, so 
um, anxious introversion to me is again, just like oftentimes just people being so sensitive, but to their own thoughts. So mm. oftentimes I think some of the things we associate with introversion as our, I don't, you know, our sort of like Achilles heel. It's actually our greatest gift that we're that empathetic, but we just have right. to learn how to, um, develop skills around that so we bring out the good and minimize the challenges right yeah and I think I, I love that Achilles heel um, analogy because I think a lot of people feel like it's a it's a disadvantage to be yeah. introverted and I think yeah. to your point and not so much I think as long as you kind of know how to channel it how to take your time how to kind of uh, take care of yourself while you're taking care of others right and just kind of be mindful about where you know where you're going I think that's I think to your point it's it's absolutely you know absolutely amazing you know so um, so I think it's it's just lovely that people are kind of recognizing I think starting to recognize because years ago it wasn't a thing I think years ago I felt like all of the highlight was just on extroverts and people who were like out there gregarious loud right and yeah. then no no one is talking about you know, the introverts was like, I mean, there's no one around for when I was growing up. I just felt like I, there was nobody around that kind of championed that. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I think it's just so interesting that now people are starting to kind of like, okay, th- these are actually not, you know, th- they're not bad. You know, they're not bad. Don't forget to hit follow and subscribe. Rose Solvers, let's get growing. Let's get growing.